Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good news! The 2024 season is now here, and we can get back to the good old-fashioned predictions. Unless, of course, you're new here, and if you are, welcome, and be sure to subscribe for more of these predictions. And I promise you, they're not just going to be Red Bull and Max Verstappen winning everything. I hope. I understand that many of you have given up hope, thinking that Max Verstappen and Red Bull are probably going to be even better this season. But what if I told you that they might not be as fast as you might think. According to multiple websites, whether or not it's down to a case of coping skills, Ferrari's overall performance seems to be considerably up on its 2023 machine in the most important aspect, racecraft. The supposed tyre degradation that was plaguing the Ferrari organisation last year and hampering its campaign to try even get close to Red Bull and secure second place for themselves ahead of Mercedes seems to have improved considerably as well as increased downforce, with no overall complaints from either Leclerc or Sainz throughout the entire weekend. They just got on with it. They looked in control. Everything was smooth. As smooth as Carlos Sainz, despite the fact that his contract is up at the end of the year and he's looking to go somewhere else. And funnily enough, he did make a statement about that, not a verbal one, but on the track, that out of the two Ferrari drivers, he did end up with the fastest time. So this is quite interesting, because... All the talk up until now has been discussing whether or not this car will be purely a Charles Leclerc machine and Carlos Sainz will be left for dust because it won't have been optimised to his style. And as we all know from Singapore, he is very good with coming up with ideas on the fly, on purpose. But then again, we have to consider that maybe Charles Leclerc wasn't focusing on chasing lap times and doing glory runs, and instead focusing on the race pace itself, which hampered him in Vegas and Abu Dhabi last year, when he was genuinely on it and could have sniffed victory if he just had that little bit extra. Now again, Carlos probably wasn't all that concerned, and he was probably focusing on trying to make a statement for any future employers. Both drivers are going to be fast, but over the course of this weekend, I feel like Charles Leclerc's pace will probably be slightly better over the course of a race distance than Carlos, and that out of the two, I think it will be 
the Monegasque that will end up with a podium because you can't discount Red Bull, either Red Bull. Let's not forget, my friend, Charles Leclerc is also motivated to impress because guess who's going to be his teammate next year? Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time world champion. Charles Leclerc right now needs to make a statement to Ferrari that he is going to be no pushover in his final season until Lewis retires or moves on to somewhere else of being the team leader. He has to maintain that reputation and status and by going for the world championship this year, or at least trying, will be a really good way of telling the higher-ups, including John Elkin, the CEO and chairman of Ferrari, that, hey, don't ignore me. He's fighting for something as well as Carlos. I can't not think that Max is going to be the winner. Surely not. I mean, they looked absolutely calm as well. I mean, granted, there were some concerns of reliability, what with the slowdown of Checo before coming into the pits and then one of his brake discs catching fire and testing. But these are relatively small problems and they were fixed relatively quickly. And that's the point of testing. You are meant to iron out those sort of bugs and quirks and problems before you then get to the race proper. And whilst we didn't get to see an utter domination in the final power hour of day three, which was quite frankly disappointing, there's been so many conflicting arguments and points of discussion about how exactly fast is the RB20 going to be? Is it going to completely trounce everybody? Is it going to be not much of a bigger gap than the RB19 was in Abu Dhabi of last year? Nobody knows for sure because people are talking about GPS data saying that Max Verstappen was holding back. They were doing low power and high fuel runs. And for all we know, Max Verstappen might have just gone through his testing program on day one, then got bored and decided just for the fun of it, go and do some proper race runs or maybe going for a light fuel run and then scare the pants off of everybody. Not to mention try and deviate some of the tension from Red Bull that isn't exactly glowing. So day one, Max Verstappen's one second ahead of everybody else. That's what everybody's going to talk about for once regarding Red Bull currently. It's just a question of how far is he going to be ahead? Do I know exactly? Probably not. But I don't think it's going to be a 25 to 30 second spanking like we saw throughout most of 2023. The car itself is proving to be like the RB19 toward the end of the year and not unbeatable in of itself. Having a big leap forward in evolution might have been worth doing, actually, as Checo in the RB20 doesn't seem as intimidating as at the beginning of last year, and certainly not as intimidating as when Carlos Sainz felt intimidated when he was being hustled by Checo. Those theatrics on day one with the RB20 just going a second ahead of everybody else, it worked well, and it certainly threw everybody into a little bit of a mini tailspin, much like how the launch event of the RB20 did when everybody was looking at that car, expecting a slight evolution of the RB19, and then getting none of that. You might get the feeling that they really did need to do that, because otherwise, if they just did a simple evolution, then they might have actually been in trouble. So this was a necessary evil. To discount both drivers? No, that is a little bit silly. But I do think it's going to be a little bit closer. Max in a Red Bull? Oh yeah. Oh, he's probably going to win because that combination is lethal. As for McLaren and Mercedes, well, it's hard to read the former especially, but as for the latter, I don't expect fireworks from them yet. I've mentioned in previous videos that 
This is the third concept change for Mercedes in as many years. You had the W13, then you had a tweak W14 with those Franken pods from Monaco, and now you've got a completely different machine in the W15 with James Allison now fully back in the hot seat after Mike Elliott did an exit, and now it's proven to have been vindicated because that Red Bull RB20 turns out to have actually been not too shabby. His concept was something that had legs. Mike Elliott might get loads of job offers now, let's just say that. But either way, the W15 seems to be a really good starting off point, with both drivers having positive words about it. Lewis is also positive about it, but he still says there's a lot of work to do. Do I think that this car is going to be going for a podium, or even trying to challenge the Red Bulls in of itself? No. I don't think that this car is going to be setting the world alight. What both drivers need right now is a car that they feel like can be developed. I expect the W15 to be reaching its full potential by the time we get to the European leg proper, or even about the time of the Canadian Grand Prix, which is about a third of the way into the season. And yes, that's a long time to wait. That's a couple of months. But sometimes things you find out in testing, it takes that long to get onto the car properly. But the fact that this team isn't in the doldrums and they're not depressed, that's an achievement in of itself. I get the feeling that Mercedes will be a lot stronger in the second half of the season. That's when we're going to be getting the chances of them winning properly. But right now, I think they just need a car that they feel like they can work with because their race distances and testing look promising. I feel like it's going to be an interesting path for them. Whether or not they're going to be scoring big points, I'm not sure. The top five might be a little bit of a stretch considering how good Ferrari and Red Bull are. And then there's McLaren. I have no idea what they're doing. If they can score points on debut with that car, I will take it. I will take McLaren points in Bahrain because the last couple of years, they've not scored points. They've either been 13th, 17th, or they don't finish at all. So quite frankly, I don't care where McLaren are so long as they score something. But then I was starting to sense something was off. Lando was being a little bit too positive. And then eventually I was seeing the headlines that Lando says they're nowhere near Ferrari or Red Bull. And I was thinking, oh, there we go. There's the pessimism. But this time around, I think this might be a little bit of smoke and mirrors because Lando's been a little bit playful with his media quotes, saying that, well, why do we have to show you absolutely everything of the car? We might be hiding something. Whether or not that's true, I'm not exactly sure. We'll have to wait until FP1 and qualifying before we find out the true potential of the McLaren. But then again, I feel like they are certainly up there in the mix for a top five finish. Podium? I'm not quite so sure. But there's a lot of talk going on about their upgrade path and that what Andrea Stella and Zach Brown would ideally like to do is to bring upgrades to every single race this season. And considering how effective the McLaren upgrades were last year, that is intimidating. That is something spicy. I want to see that come to fruition and that every single race sees the McLaren consistently getting faster and faster and faster on a gradual path. But those are just that, hopes. Sometimes hopes don't come to fruition. There might be a setback. An upgrade that they ideally bring to one race may not work and they have to then postpone it and then lump it in with another upgrade. So I, I like the idea. I like the cockiness. I like the chutzpah. But at the same time, I don't think that's really going to come to pass. Now, I know you're going to be asking about Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso. Yes, Alonso was pretty good during testing and Stroll was pretty solid. But do I think they're going to be troubling for another podium like they did last year? I don't think so, because the rest of the competition look like they have a leg to stand on. Everyone else was floundering. And then the AMR 23 just came up and went, I'm going to be the second strongest car this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. I don't expect that to happen again, but I do expect them to score points.
the rest of the competition seems to be more clued up than last year. So again, I feel like it's a solid car. I feel like they will be in the top five teams, but I don't think that we're going to be seeing any heroics from them this time out in Bahrain. We might see more of it later in the season, depending on how upgrade paths go, if Ferrari falter, but it's looking okay for Aston Martin. It's a solid, dependable car. Is it going to set the world alight? I'm not exactly so sure. But then again, we got Fernando Alonso in the car and we've got McLaren's reliability to being a little bit of a question mark. I will admit that car is fast, but a little bit fragile, as we saw Lando Norris barely getting any lap time on day three and Oscar having to make up for it. And then, of course, his tyre deg wasn't all that great. And that's something to remember. That is one of Oscar Piastri's weaknesses. And it seems to have come up again. But then again, we don't know for sure with that. But we also don't know about Aston Martin. Fernando Alonso might pull up a blinder because it's Fernando Alonso. You can't discredit him entirely. Now, since Drive to Survive dedicated two whole episodes to Alpine, you can find out my thoughts of season six of Drive to Survive over here in this video. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I will decide to give a little bit of attention to Alpine, and the attention is not good at all. Because, my friend, Alpine look dire. They look like they do not have a plan at all. Many pundits have been saying that the Alpine looks incredibly slow, it's heavy, it doesn't handle particularly well, and it'll probably be near the back. And despite the token extra bit of blue on the nose cone for day three of testing, I don't think that's going to be making up for all of the negative press that's been going on since Alpine introduced their 2024 car. And let's be real here, I think the investors right now are not looking particularly happy. All that money seems to be not producing much at all. But at the same time, you see Pierre Gasly going about this entire situation with a lot of optimism. Because in 2022, he was in a similar situation with AlphaTauri being right at the back. They ended up ninth in the constructors, and Pierre Gasly was a glowing light of hope and just a beacon for morale to try and rally the troops together. He's playing the long game here, and he's ingratiating himself as the team leader like he did at AlphaTauri, and I'm liking what I see here. They'll be lucky to even get into Q2, because I think it's going to be between Alpine and Haas who's going to get the wooden spoon. 
Sauber, I don't really know because they were so anonymous last year. They could be fifth or sixth place because they did once again their glory run on day three. And Joe Guanyu, oh, would you look at that? He's P3. Is that going to translate to actual performance? No, but it's funny. I do feel like Haas has got some sort of game plan in action. That Ayo Komatsu, the new team principal, who used to be the head of engineering at Haas, has finally decided that, you know what, what we're actually going to focus on is that problem with tyre degradation. They actually managed to clock up the most amount of laps in testing. They had excellent reliability and they dedicated a lot of that time to doing long stints, long runs on tyres, finally getting to grips with what's been dogging that team since 2019. Sure, in 2023, we saw many times that that car could get into Q3 and was a pretty dab hand in the sprint races with Nico Hülkenberg and sometimes Kevin Magnussen, but it would then ultimately translate to terrible race pace, try and see if they can find some way of leapfrogging Sauber and maybe trying to score a point or two on merit at the end of the race where it looking like they're not going to fade away. But at the same time, this quest for tyre degradation improvements might sacrifice their qualifying ability, meaning that they can't just switch on the tyres immediately. It's a little bit of a balancing act, but I'm glad that they're doing something. Because even though Gunther Steiner was a character and he was good as a manager, he didn't really have that engineering nous. And that seems to be a trend in F1, having team principals who used to be engineers. But the problem is, though, I really feel like Ayo Komatsu is going to have to make do with the tools they already have, instead of Gene Haas giving them more money to buy new equipment to really hone in on the problem that they are seeking. I think it's going to be a long time of it, but at least there's something going on in the Haas camp. Keep an eye out on Formula 2 this weekend because it's the first time we are going to be seeing Kimi Antonelli race in that single-seater class and going up against Oli Behrman in the same team. There are many names coming in which are worth your interest, including the F3 champion Bortoletto and then of course the Super Formula champion Ritomo Miata. We are going to be getting a spicy season, my friend, with brand new cars that are far more relevant to Formula 1 these days. Granted, they look like practical clones of Super Formula cars. But is that a bad thing though? Because Liam Lawson said that that car was one of the reasons why he managed to handle Formula One so well. I think that Miata is going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward to this. But anyway, let's get on to the main predictions for Bahrain. As I mentioned at the top of this video, Max Verstappen is indeed probably going to walk the Bahrain Grand Prix like he did last year. But the gap to second will probably be a little bit smaller than it was back in 2023, when it looked like it was going to be an utter domination. But is it going to be a Red Bull 1-2? I'm not exactly sure, because I feel like Charles Leclerc might get the jump on second place. It's not going to be a close one with Max Verstappen, but I feel like that Charles Leclerc seems a little bit more settled in the SF24 than Checo in the RB20. Yes, Checo looks far more solid, and Helmut Magpie seems to have calmed down a little bit in his rhetoric, and it's even talked about Sergio having a chance of getting an extension if he gets second place in the championship. His own words. I wouldn't be surprised if Magpie turns out to be a lot more glowing this season in the wake of what's been happening and what he was talking about with Checo last year. It's going to be very, very weird to see, but yeah, if it means that Checo doesn't get a drubbing from the media, then I'm okay with it. So I do think that Checo will be on the podium in third place behind Charles. It'll be close. It'll be a close fight for second place, but I think the Ferrari might just edge it. And then the other Ferrari of Carlos Sainz will end up in P4. Because even though he had the faster times in testing, I feel like over a long race distance, Charles might have the upper hand on this. But then again, 
The smooth operator might end up with a bit of a surprise, but I really can't see him being out of the top five because that Ferrari looks planted. It looks stable. And a stable start for Ferrari, that's exactly what you need. Who's going to round up the top five? I agonized over this for quite a while because I know Fernando Alonso, he's going to be a very cheeky and slippery sample. He could easily pull that Aston Martin into the top five if McLaren have a problem. But... I feel like with McLaren discovering the problems now in testing and then being able to sort them out quickly, I feel like Lando Norris will break into the top five and being able to hold off Fernando Alonso in that AMR24, which looks very strong and stable. That McLaren, if it can keep up with that upgrade path that they want, will be climbing up and getting closer to Ferrari. And we might see consistent podiums from McLaren once more, much sooner than we did in 2023. But right now, I think a top five finish is going to be a little bit of a challenge, considering how good Ferrari are right now and how strong of a start they've had in testing. They clocked up a lot of laps. McLaren, they had the second least amount, and they had a lot of reliability issues alongside Williams. But again, you can't discount McLaren. And I will take a top five finish for Lando. Fifth place for Lando in Bahrain after the last couple of years, fine by me. But do I think that McLaren will edge out Ferrari by the end of the season in terms of the constructors? Well, you can go and find out my overall championship predictions for both the teams and the driver's standings in this video here right now. And before you ask, yes, I got a little bit excited and some things might have changed a little bit. Just check the pinned comment out. So don't shout at me. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.